From India's largest newsroom, I'm Meenal Baghel and this is the Times of India podcast. That's the sound of the rain falling in Cherapunji or Sohra as the town is now called. In his evocative travelogue Chasing the Monsoon This is how Alexander Freiter describes the rain in Cherapunji. Abruptly the sun went out and a bomb exploded 100 feet above our heads. The flash and bang almost lifted me off the ground. I watched the approach of the Cherapunji rain. The rain descended in hissing vertical rafts of solid matter that lathered the earth and made spokes of the poet's umbrella under which I had taken shelter, bent like saplings. But Cherapunji or Sohra no longer holds the distinction as the world's wettest place. This year so far Meghalaya has received only 50% of the rainfall it should normally have received by July end. Worse still, the 30,000 residents of Sohra either had to trek several kilometers to get water or they have to buy water at a steep price. How in the world did the wettest place end up with such acute water scarcity it's covered with fog for months on end from june to september it'll be so foggy you can't even see the waterfalls and it'll be raining continuously for days so that was what we saw the waterfalls were vibrant you don't see them today they've all dried up that's patricia mohim writer editor and social activist who has been at the forefront of water conservation and afforestation efforts in Meghalaya including at Sohra the town stands at a lofty elevation of 4690 feet above sea level and right below it is Bangladesh when it pours torrentially in Sohra Bangladesh gets flooded down below but as patricia explains the thick and forceful rain also denudes the fertile topsoil at Sohra and deposits it down below in Bangladesh. So if you go there, you can see the clouds coming up from Bangladesh, from the plains, and then coming home to roost in Sohra. In 1974, on a single day, uh, Sohra got 2,455 millimeters of rainfall, which is huge. But after that, and this goes across meghalaya you know there's a lot of deforestation because here the land uh, tenure system the land holding system is is very different almost all land belongs to the communities to the clans the state forest department looks after only 4% of the forests so all the other forests are in private lands and there's a lot of deforestation and the only reason why sora is what it is today is because of the deforestation which has not been replaced they've tried afforestation measures uh, time after time but for some reason uh, because all the topsoil is gone now all the topsoil has gone to bangladesh you have one big rain shower and then you can see the topsoil literally flowing down so that has caused what we now see what we now call sora a wet desert in the winters when you go there you can see people taking their little carts and going miles away to get water for drinking 
there is no concept of water harvesting also the lay of the land is such it's very large parts of this place are ravines no so it's impossible to find even bigger spaces to harvest water the only water that people get now is from these government pipelines which have been laid some 45 years ago and then water comes twice a day once in the morning once in the evening sometimes it doesn't come in the evening it comes only in the morning but even that water is not pure it's loaded with bacteria also because uh, this area has coal mines so the acid acidic you know acid mine drainage from the mines also enters into the into the water systems it's not even good water supply मेघा के आलय के बीच में रहने वाला राज्य और अगर इस राज्य में ही बारिश की कमी होती है तो कितना बड़ा संकट का कारण है तो उस वक्त आसाम राइफल अन्य पैरामिलिट्री फोर्सेस और मेघालय सरकार भारत सरकार सभी साथ मिलकर हमने एक संकल्प लिया है Earlier this week, Home Minister Amit Shah was in Sora to launch the Greater Sora Water Supply Scheme, which hopes to provide potable tap water in the region as part of the state's new water policy, which was promoted in 2019. Patricia Mukhim says, while the authorities may be well intended, there is no getting away from the larger problem of lack of catchment areas. or the privatization we all now need to buy water uh these water spaces no which are supposed to be community reserves so what has happened is even those water reserves have been bought up by private parties those catchments normally a catchment is a common property resource but that is not happening in our society these catchments are also being bought up by private parties who are also tribals and then they sell water across you know across homes so that again is is a great cause of concern because uh, somebody who has money can buy up as many catchments as they want and then they'll make money from it so the idea of uh, tribals you know having shared resources Uh, forests are sh- supposed to be shared resources catchment areas are supposed to be shared resources it's not there any longer the department seems to be serious about this but apparently they're not able to get enough resources so they're doing it in in fits and starts but it would be wrong to say you know pipe water to every household first you have to have a water source to bring that water where are you going to get that water source you know finding a water source today is a huge problem here you know some of our rivers have dried up also i want to tell you that we haven't looked after our rivers uh, i i belong to a group that we call operation cleanup where we clean up rivers every saturday and uh, we only had to stop now because of the pandemic these rivers you know they was they were such vibrant rivers but now they are loaded with garbage they are almost being killed and then people are releasing their septic tanks into the rivers but there is one example of a place called maulangbana where 
you know, the forest, people had cut down the forest. Then there was a river, it dried up when that forest had gone. Then people suddenly asked themselves, why did this river dry up? And it occurred to them that because the forest had gone. So they replanted trees and then the river, you know, rejuvenated. Yeah. <laughs> the quantum of rain, does that continue to be as well? So that's been affected by climate change. We are getting very little rainfall this year. I can tell you that. You know, we used to live in this um, in this monsoon where you had a seven-day continuous rainfall, then you had a nine-day continuous rainfall, then you had a three-day continuous rainfall. This year, up to the month of June, we were not getting rains. It only started now in July, and even then, it's it's very scattered. You know, it's not not the kind of rain that I have seen as I grew up. The decline in rainfall, which is mostly due to the change in the temperature of the Indian Ocean, has gradually changed life for residents of Sohara, as also their livelihood explains Swami Anuraganan, the Mahant at the Ramakrishna Mission at Sohara. Sohara is a very small town. Uh, you may be aware that the Britishers, when they came, they wanted to avoid the heat of the plains. So they were in the Bangladesh area. And Sora is just opposite to Bangladesh. It's a hillock. And it is around 4,500 to 5,000 feet elevation. And uh, here, where they came and they started their first the headquarters, they made it. And they were trying to, you know, as I told you, avoid heat. But after coming here, <laughs> then it started raining. Torrential rain. I mean, it rains, you know. It rains for... 21 days, it can rain. For, you will never see the sun. So your clothes will not dry. Mm. So whatever the British soldiers, they started committing suicide. <laughs> so mm. then they started, they changed the whole thing from the Sora. It was shifted to Shillong. The chief uh, sources of earning, uh, earlier there used to be many uh, products, many agriculture products. For example, the, uh, the orange was very famous here. And because of the oranges, the orange-flavored honey uh, is very famous world over. But the topsoil has gone away, so now there is no oranges, so there is no orange-flavored honey. These things are getting shifted. Agriculture is changed. Now people are mainly dependent on tourism. So tourism, you will find here uh, house stays. Almost everybody has converted their houses into in for you know for a tourist to stay and. COVID has created a big havoc with their economy because the tourism is totally, you know, at standstill. The second source of uh, earning, uh, you know, the whole Meghalaya is basically a mine dump. You have minerals here. Uh, you have uh, the limestone, which is exported to Bangladesh, exported to, uh, you know, uh, Guwahati and uh, Assam, other places in the Meghalaya also. Hmm. So limestone is one big source of income. Then coal also is there. We have uh, we earlier even iron ore mines used to be there. So these are some of the uh, mine. But what has happened? There is no standard policy. The mining policy has just recently been formulated. So that uh, source of income is under stress. So mainly the source of income is tourism, and tourism is suffering. And if tourism increases, water crisis will increase. <laughs> so you see, these are all interconnected. Swami Anuraganand, who has been living and working at Sora for the last seven years, says he has witnessed at first hand 
the reduction in rainfall and the effects of climate change. The extremely dry winter months that follow the monsoons and the widespread deforestation have now resulted in increasing forest fires. We are also the metro station for the government. So we record uh, rainfall and uh, send it to the government. So we are on the upper side of the Sora and lower side there is another metro also. So what we are seeing the trend is that in general the water levels are going down. The amount of water used to we used to experience that is going down. For example even this year we are not yet received even 50% of the rainfall we received last year. And uh, we are almost at the end of uh, July. Yeah. So June and July are supposed to be rainiest months. We used to get down to 4,000 millimeter of rain in these two months. So approximately 6,000 we used to get during these months. We have received only some 4,500 till now, starting from uh, April. So that shows that this year we are going to have a very lean uh, rainy season. The graph is coming down and down and down. Uh, that we can see. This is one as far as the rainfall is concerned. And as far as drinking water situation is concerned, it is becoming worse only. The moment uh, the rain stops here, which will happen sometime in September last, sometime in October, and up to April, uh, there won't be rain. There will be absolutely no rain. And the whole landscape will start turning. Now it is lush green if you go outside. And from lush green, it will start becoming absolutely brown. Mm -hmm. And the whole grass, this area doesn't have very few patches of uh, forest, uh, you know. Otherwise, mainly you have grasses. A broomstick uh, is in cultivated here. So you have long grasses. And this will become absolutely dry. And even if you throw a small matchstick, the whole area starts burning. So you will find brown patches and then fire, forest fire, blackening the whole hilltops, uh, naked hilltops. The rocks are projecting and you will feel as if you have come to a desert. That's why this area is also known as wet desert. <laughs> it's a contradictory term. What is the source of water for most people? Sometimes 15 kilometers, sometimes 20 kilometers away. We still have places where they have made a kind of check dams and from there they have drawn pipes and these being supplied to different villages. So this scheme, the recently inaugurated by the Home Minister, is one such scheme where they have tried to connect three, four more sources so that every household can get the tapped water. That is the scheme which is recently being launched by the Home Ministry. So uh, they are getting this from sources where still water is there. The question is how long the water will be there because the scheme is yet to address this problem of recharging of uh, those uh, water sources. When you come during a non-rainy months, when there is a scarcity of water, the water is sold. People purchase water. The poor people, those who cannot purchase, they have to go walk down the gorges long distances and bring it. Otherwise, most of the people in the town, they purchase water. Uh, this, is, this is a very funny situation. Patricia Mukim talks about the peculiar situation in Meghalaya, where 96% of the forest land and water reserves are shared tribal resources, but are increasingly being used for private profit. 
1996, when when some of us saw this huge deforestation and the you know miles and miles of barren land, then uh, there's a group called the Kasi Students Union here. I teamed up with them and we filed that petition in the Supreme Court, joining with the other gentlemen from Tamil Nadu. We were co-petitioners. Then the court, as you know, came up with that ten-year moratorium on cutting timber. So for the ten years, there was some greenery that was resurrected, but now again, you know that the cutting has started, and you come here and you you will see desolation actually. And these these are questions I raise all the time because uh, you have the forest department. So even if the trees are in private land, if you need to cut the trees, you have to have permission from the forest department. But obviously, the forest department is in league with these timber merchants, and you should see the the trucks going every day, about fifty, hundred trucks, with very small girth of of timber being cut. During the period when the ban was in place, you know, the moratorium was in place, we could see that the forest, especially in West Kasi Hills, uh, which had very lush forests. they had started rejuvenating but in sora for some reason i've asked the soil conservation people also why is it that you've done so much of afforestation but the trees don't survive now the trees don't survive for many reasons when you plant trees i i'm also involved in in tree plantation now during the season is the tree planting season we go every week to a particular place and then we we have to wall up that place we have to sort of fence off that place otherwise what happens is the cows come the sheep come and and they eat up the trees so what is happening here is you plant a tree once and after that you leave it to the elements so it doesn't work very well so at that time the trees had started growing then the forest department had to follow very strictly the supreme court uh, regulations that you have to have a working plan for the trees that you're going to fell you have to submit that working plan to the government only when the government agrees and you can cut now after the 10 year moratorium all that is gone that 10 year moratorium ended in 2006 now it's back to business as usual so uh is there no government intervention it's a very raw deal that we are uh, you know receiving from successive governments we elect one government hoping that it'll be more concerned it'll be more uh, judicious but that doesn't happen uh, anyway the present forest minister seemed to he was telling me the other day that i would like to be part of your tree planting program so we said yeah welcome but we also need the forest department to protect these trees otherwise you know that day when we had gone to plant trees in a certain area and that area used to be quite a sacred area it's the shillong peak where we believe that the there's a deity you know shillong deity then uh, we were putting up fences and suddenly we saw a herd of cattle coming in in our society we have these chieftains you know tribal chieftains so the chieftain was present there and there's a board a big board a big hoarding saying that cattle are not allowed to graze on these fields or to pass this way but that the cattle came and so the cow herd was also there and that chieftain stood there and he said what can i do <laughs> these cows also have to graze so that's the situation <laughs>
Today's episode was produced by Joshua Thomas and Jairad Singh. For a daily spotlight on people, ideas and stories that matter, subscribe to us. We are available on TUI Plus, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts and all other platforms of your choice. For any news tips, reach us at tuipodcasts at timesinternet.in.